thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. Today, I'm joined by King James Gospel's own Dan Galinsky, as well as fellow podcaster in the Cavs community, and Zach Weiss. How you doing, fellas? What's up? What's up? Friday night. We're talking hoops, man. That is uh, where the, that's where it's at. This is the place to be. Always, always. Real? Yeah. Um, just happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks as always for, for having me. Man, I, I, this is the time of year, really, to get all your Cavs talking now before uh, crushing reality sets in. For okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe this year there won't be any crushing reality. Maybe this year the other the fans of the other twenty nine teams just have their jaws drop while the Cavs magically win the title, and then. Of course, as you guys know, then the console turns off because there's a power outage, and you realize that the Cavs are like <laughs> six and twenty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last year it was a bit of a misnomer heading out the gate. Uh, I think we had talked about it on uh, on your last episode, Zach, about you know the Cavs starting out. Uh, I think it was nine and nine last season at one yep. point. Uh, that was with Andre Drummond still on the roster. <laughs> so you know we could see a similar start to this year but it's really going to heavily depend upon the direction that the Cavs are going to take this starting lineup in and so to start off today's episode I thought we'd talk a little bit about the expectations going into the season for one Isaac Okoro who looks much improved he looks like he's already put on some weight he looks like he's uh comfortable handling the ball uh at least somewhat through these first uh, three games of preseason, you know, he sat today, but it was encouraging what we've seen through games one and two from that aspect. Uh, he's obviously not going to uh, play primary or secondary uh, ball handler in that regard. So we could definitely view him as a tertiary playmaker. But what is the ceiling for this guy, Dan? Oh, man, getting right down to it. Um the ceiling. Um, I think with him, I, I, it's hard for me to say right now, but I, I don't think it's like, I think next season, I think it's kind of like averaging like 14 a game is kind of what I think next year, I think is kind of realistic for him. I think we'll see a, a leap. Um, I, I just think with him, it's, I kind of am torn between like a potential like kind of Roco guy that can I, like I, I do think he can progress as a shooter. I think he can be viable there. I mean, it's going 
But if you look at Rocco early on in his career, he couldn't, I mean, he was shooting, I mean, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. And I would say now is kind of a knockdown shooter type guy. Um, but I, I think a Coro, I, I think has a much higher ceiling than that. I mean, I think it's, um, like I, I, everybody wants to compare him to like, like best case scenario, to like Jalen Brown. I, I don't really see that. I think maybe, maybe like a more defensive minded TJ Warren when he's kind of mentally or mentally or not mentally, but physically right. I think he that can be kind of like a benchmark for him. Um, but I, I think def- not quite the shot. I mean, that I don't know if he'll necessarily be like a shot creator on ball and like it, the pull up area, but um, I, I really like him as a slasher. I think next year we'll see him utilize his, his um, physicality at the rim more. I, I, it's, it's hard for me to say a ceiling right away, um, but I, I don't think like long term all star is like completely outside their own possibility, but I think he'll be. Um, just like a, a really, really solid player for for a long, long time. Okay. And conversely, Zach, what is the what is your expectation for him heading into this season? Is it outside of the realm of possibility for him to potentially be looked at as an all defensive caliber player? No, not at all. And by the way, Dan, uh, T.J. Warren dropped fifty to start the bubble. So if you're saying Isaac Okoro is going to drop fifty in the opener, I mean, uh, I'd be okay yeah. with that. You know, he has to yeah. score 40 and 30 and even 20 first. But if he can get past all those hurdles, I'd say 50's in the cards. I mean, maybe he'll play 52-card pickup and he'll get 52. Anyway. Ah, nice, nice. <laughs> Go on. Uh, realistically, you know, Isaac Okoro is a guy that's going to log about 30 to 35 minutes a game. You know, he's, he's durable. We saw that last year. He had an early season injury and pretty much came back, played the rest of the way. And he's a guy that I expect to score in the teens – you know, we talked about this in my last episode, Mac. We don't know how often he's going to shoot the three and his willingness and plus number of opportunities is going to determine a lot about his averages. And I also think that from what we saw in the first two preseason games, he did not play in game three, uh, he has a real nice layup package now. He's comfortable with the ball in his hands, which, again, he's not going to be a creator, but he'll have the ball with 15 or so seconds on the shot clock on many occasions. And I think knowing – that he's improved there gives me a lot of confidence. I think he has to be the guy that when one of Garland or Sexton is on the bench, you know, he'll be, uh, you know, they'll have Rubio in for one of them and they'll probably have one of Garland or Sexton in most of the time. But when one of them is out, you know, look for a core to be a, uh, you might use the word tertiary playmaker. because He's not going to be secondary. So he'll probably have Rubio and the other guard. I want him to score. I want him to be confident with the shot as we started to see, but in actual games. So realistically, I'm saying 13 points, three and a half assists, and a DPOI dark horse and a potential All-NBA second team. Okay, sorry, not DPOI dark horse. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, a second, all-defense second team dark horse. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't, honestly, you guys, I've talked to both of you about this guy. You know that I am exceptionally high on him. I think that he, outside of Evan Mobley, before the drafting of Mobley, I thought Okoro had the highest potential of any current Cavalier. And that is because of his, uh, his defensive presence and what he could bring to the table in that regard. And we started to see flashes of what he could do offensively in the month of May uh, of last season. 
So if he's able to kind of carry that over and, you know, I know that that came with injuries to the roster. I know Darius Garland didn't play for a long stretch of that time in May, but, you know, I think that the ability that he's shown thus far in summer league, you know, could carry over to the regular season. It's all going to come down to volume, what his attempts are going to look like, how much he's actually going to get when you put Colin and Darius and Mobley or Love and uh, Jared Allen on the court. Where does this guy lie in regards to, you know, touches per game? Now, you guys, uh, 13 to 14 points per game does sound a bit realistic, and I like that. But I'm going to shoot higher, and I say 16 points a game. Whoa. (laughs) I think it's possible. We just need to see him shoot with confidence, and we need to see him take at least three three pointers a game. I would be comfortable with him doing so uh, long term. You know, who knows what his best position is, you know, in the future. Some say two, some say three. Um, he, I don't know if it's just me, but he looks a little bigger out there. Maybe he grew. <laughs> I don't know. Isaac grow coral, baby. Hey, there you go. You just, they just roll off the tongue. Huh? They yep. just, <laughs> but yeah, Zach, Zach came guns blazing. Exactly, yes, sir. He's always got one or two up his sleeve. I ordered my Okoro cartridge. Yeah, he he kept. I think he kept some of these on ice. I think he does. I think <laughs> no, I, I, I think Zach I writes these down. I know, I know. No, <laughs> no, no, Zach, Zach is all over these though. I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I, I know it. I know. We'll see him all season when he makes it. Makes a good play. But anyway, back back to back to Max point. Uh, yeah. So just to make a long story short, I think that he's just oozing with potential. Um, you know, if we think that the Cavs have finally got their franchise centerpiece in Mobley, and Mobley's played pretty well. You know, he could clean up a few things. Uh, throughout throughout summer league but if we have actually gotten the franchise centerpiece that uh, has been long sought after since drafting Kyrie Irving this team realistically could get to play in range who knows now where things get iffy is the fact that Cleveland really just didn't appear to throw in at all for any of these free agents. I don't know if it's just because we couldn't attract anybody. I don't know if it's because nobody wants to play for Cleveland. I don't know if Kobe Oldman has kind of just sat back and let the market sort itself out, but that could be the Cavs one downfall. if They don't end up uh, near play in range. And with that being said, I just want to ask both of you, I want to get both of your opinions on this. Is this season going to be considered a failure if they don't, in fact, reach playing range? Go ahead for a sec. Yeah, so I'll say from a coaching perspective, I think if they're not even sniffing it, they will fire JB. I think that he has to show some kind of improvement with these guys because the bottom line is only one coach uh, do – anything for the Cavs with and without LeBron and his name is Mike Brown and obviously he's not getting another opportunity they went 33 and 49 in his one year back and while you could call that a letdown I mean given everything that happened I call it a success because they were competing until there were about 15 games left in the season that hasn't been the case at all regardless of what the standings looked like uh, down the stretch of this season there was never a chance of playing just based on the fact that, Oh, if they win this and they win that, if this, no, 
mm-hmm. because it was never a thing where we were confident enough in their ability to win. And we've all talked about this, but I again want to say that Jared Allen mentioned if all goes well within two to three years, they'll be competing for the fifth seed. That basically means that for that to happen, you need benchmarks every season. Realistically, sure, they'll compete for the playing. I think the Cavs, I don't have a record prediction. It's way too early for that. But I think that they could get more than 30 wins this season if they can stay healthy, if they can get some albatross of contracts off the books, and if they can, uh, you know, stay healthy. We're not going to name drop them. Nope. It's got nope. to that point. No. And there's, there's other. It's not just one contract. But here's the point. Here's the point. They got a nice veteran point guard from Minnesota. You know, his name is Ricky Rubio. You know, I, I do like the pieces we have right now. And even though it's a very young team, the depth chart is actually pretty solid. The fact is that we have debates over who should get minutes is telling that, hey, we have 12 or 13 guys that are good enough to play winning minutes every now and then. So that being said, you know, I expect them to compete for the play-in, and I do think it's important for JB to get the wins. But – if it doesn't happen, I wouldn't be shocked. So, Dan, do you think this season is, in fact, make or break for JB? Like, is wins the only determining factor in regards to progress, like, at this point, in regards to how we measure how far this team has come? Yeah, with him, I think it's – I think for him to retain his spot, I think it's kind of like over under like 32 wins. Um, honestly, I don't know if he'll be able to last through the season, to be frank with you. Um, I, I think they should give him the full year. Um, you you got to give him like a non-COVID, well, knock on wood, um, fingers crossed, non-COVID impacted season. Um, but yeah, I think it's over under 30 wins for me. That's kind of the benchmark. I think we're he has to hit um, in a normal scale year. Um, it's a really young team. To me, they got to go out and get a gunner. Like, go out and get Garrison Matthews. That should not cost you much. I, I don't know what I, – like, I don't know if they have offered him anything. I haven't seen really any rumors about it. Um, but they got to go out and get that guy. Um, I, I think he's, he's a really good guy in transition, really runs off screens well. Um, you, you can run – a number of things with him. He's not a guy that you're going to have to necessarily run stuff for. He just kind of um, plays with his hair on fire in a good way. Um, really, really almost Corey Kispert like and how he runs the floor in transition as a shooter. Um, I, I love him at Lipscomb. Uh, it, it's hard to believe to me that um, it, back when, when he was a two way guy, uh, I, I like him a lot. I think that that's the kind of player that, um, is like an energy shooter that the Cavs could get. Um, I, I don't know how the hell they haven't, like there hasn't been more concrete stuff in that regard. Um, I guess like Langston Galloway, if you kind of want to get like a like veteran presence guy, that'd be fine. But they, they got to help out guys like Okoro. Um, just, it, this is a guy that can play, I mean, 15 minutes a game, but when you get a shooter of that caliber, those 15 minutes are key. Like, that's big. Um, and the Cavs just need to go out and get a guy. I, I think it would make a big difference. They just got out a guy that's going to go out and gun, not named Jetty Osmond. And maybe maybe Jetty's last season was an anomaly. Maybe it was. But, I mean, the first year he was a real star, I think he shot, like, give or take 35%. Yeah. It was, there, were peak, there were peaks and valleys, though. 13 points. And, and 20 I, in the season opener that year against Kawhi. Yeah. 
do remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. Wasn't it? It was like seventeen and ten or something. Oh yeah, it was. It was a good game. And yeah, like it's just with Jetty, you just never know. They, they, the point is, I gotta give. I personally give JB the full year, but they have to be like on the doorstep of the plan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and in that same line, I know that was a lot to unpack. Sorry. No, no, no. It, it, those are the types of things that the Cavs the brass are going to have to consider. Or please trade for Terrence Ross. That would be. Oh, that's like, that's, yo, wait, wait, that's wait, like, wait, wait, we, wait. We've been we've been pushing uh, that for a while, but Terrence I'm not, not going to take credit wait, credit for it. Terrence Ross is Jordan Clarkson, two inches taller, less tats, and a better sense of humor. That's it. What? what would hey, it, hey, I love. I like. They need to trade Larry for. T. Ross and like no way throw, you can't trade a name in there. You can't oh, trade Astros. a name oh, that's I in am. the rafters. You can't do that. Oh, I'm, I am. I am all for it. He ain't in mm. the rafters. Yeah, he's in the rafters. He better not be. Oh, he is already. <laughs> oh God! I, I'm looking at my bobblehead right now. That says Nance. He should. Jr. He should 22. be. He should be in Vegas right now too. For the record, I you know he's. he's I can't. I, I, don't I don't know whether to take that serious or not. But, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> All I know is that I don't know if I'd be comfortable sacrificing Larry. Now, if you're telling me, okay, it's going to cost you a jetty in a couple of second rounds. Well, Mac, you more than anyone know he's going to miss 20 games. <sighs> yeah. Nope. I, nope. Someone else will miss the games. It's always but someone new that gets hurt. I, Every, it's I have this new. constant hope that Larry won't, but, I mean, the guy's never played more than 66, 67 games in a single season and what are we on like year seven eight um i don't know i mean i'd love to say that larry is probably gonna play at least 70 games this season but that's never a given with him but still i don't know if i'd be comfortable sacrificing larry for terrence i'd rather just see if you know if there's any chance that dylan windler possibly i'd love for dylan to pop man i would but i I just if he does he's just made of the word I'm not going to say, but that's what he's made out of. Is it? Is it the guy I'll with the podcast it. on NPR? You know, uh, his last name? Yeah, you know, he's made out of plastic. He's made out of hard plastic. Uh, okay, it's not glass. <laughs> it's not iron glass. It's not made out yeah. of iron glass. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really pulling for him because he could end up being that wing, the the, the short shooting wing that they could use. We've been pulling for it. Yeah, one I hope. Thing, I one hope thing you're right. Dan, I hope. Thing, and Mac and I talked about this on Across the Cavs. I don't know if it was on or off air. People forget that a guy in Philly uh, who I struck did, out with I, Rihanna I and then became an all-star, Embiid, yes. did not play in his first two years. Dylan Lindler has already played more games than Embiid to this point in his career. So maybe, just maybe, you know, he'll turn into that, that sniper when his confidence goes up and he gets How old is Dylan Lindler? I think he's 25. I think he's going to be 25. I think he's He'll be twenty five in maybe, September. Yeah, like in September, right? Uh, why do I know his birth? Why do I know his birthday? Birthdays. I mean, you 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 follow across the cast. You know all the birthdays. Yeah, that you're right. You're right. You're, you're right. You drop gems. I mean, you drop gems all day long. He does. He does. <laughs> Eight, happy eight thirteen day, right? That oh yeah, because I, I knew Del- I knew Delhi and Tristan have yeah. <laughs> Look, all I know is if Windler is able to turn into that guy, if he's able to at least remain healthy for 60 games, I'll be happy. Um, that's that's not a given, though. So they got to bring somebody in. You know, they, they, we, we just saw what happened to uh, to Vodrin in Summer yeah. League. Was there a report that came later? I, I honestly didn't see, but 
It's got. I, it's got to have been an ACL, right? It, it looked like a ruptured Achilles. Uh, oh, you, you know, I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think even De- Dan Roller noted that too. I, I didn't honestly see it live, but um, yeah, you're right. The Probably camera was. panned off. Like the camera panned off. Like almost. Yeah, the- I I didn't get like a like clear shot of it. And in those situations, they're never going to show a clear shot of it after the fact. Yeah, I I don't know what the deal is with that, but that was really the Cavs' only acquisition outside of acquiring Ricky Rubio. And it wasn't looking good for him in the first place in regards to making the team just because he wasn't getting nearly enough time to show what he could actually do. Yeah. So, I mean, another guy (laughs) that we could talk about for a bit who got way too much time, in my opinion, is one Broderick Thomas. Oh, God. I'll say one good thing. Although it's kind of a bad thing, too. Uh, when he had that poster dunk, first off, Gus Johnson thought it was Isaac Okoro, so I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, Johnson, the legendary was, Gus Johnson did that? Jesus. Yeah, hey, he's like, oh, I, 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 I dunk, it's Okoro. I'm pretty sure he said Okoro. We, we can look back at the highlight. I don't know. You, we're probably not going to see this highlight with the call unless we go to NBA. Yeah, they're going to scrub that. <laughs> but, yeah, they will. They will. But, but, but – um. The issue is that he had a nice dunk and then he made a three. So it's like, oh. I do remember, I, yeah. But then I remember he made a couple of bad passes. He missed. That was a good pass from Vodron. I remember on three, too. Yeah, it's so just, he'll, he'll, uh, it, he, he's no, not a point guard. No, Brock's not a point no, guard. Broderick, look, it, it's fantastic that a guy who played Division two can make it to the NBA. But. Yeah, that, that, well, that, that's two of them, actually. There's another one coming. Um, just, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in a second. We'll get to it in a second. But let me just say this about Broderick, and it's great, but let's not treat him any differently because like Freddie Gillespie started out D3 just like Duncan Robinson. And if they ever have a bad game, we're like, oh, but he was D3, so it's okay because he's in the pro. No, just because he came, and that's not – I know that's not an argument that's usually made, but just because he had a tougher path to get here doesn't mean we can't, you know, talk smack about him when he's bad. Because, look, he's an NBA player. I take him on my pickup team any day to be the best guy in the court. But at the NBA level – he just he doesn't stack up well, and he'll have a couple of good moments, but all in all, he's a negative plus minus guy, and that's that's that. Yeah, I've I've seen just about enough of him to to make my determination, and that's that he is a fringe NBA player at this point in time, and I don't even know if he's that. Um, we'll see what the Cavs end up doing with him. I know they didn't do him any favors by continuing to trot him out there, lining up at the point. But with that being said, I mean, when you get the opportunity to showcase yourself, you have to do something with it. You know, he had a couple of nice plays. The dunk was nice. But it's far too many mistakes for me to feel comfortable really consider bringing him back or at least putting him in the rotation. Uh, You know, the Cavs are just kind of at a a turning point here with who they're actually going to sign, who they're actually going to give minutes to in regards to the rotation. Is Lamar Stevens that guy uh, to come in? Is Biondu Kevin Gale, you know, somebody who should be in the rotation? <laughs> Both of you probably have seen what I've said about him. And I'm cool with your takes. I'm not I'm not on the uh, the anti – I don't know if I want him in the primary rotation on opening night, but – I don't know if I would. I don't I – don't that's – that to me, that – and I saw Dan. I saw what Dan said. I'll get to that in a minute. But <laughs> – if they are unable to bring in somebody, if they don't re-sign somebody like Isaiah Hardstein, uh, Stein, and, I, and we went over how to pronounce that. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Stein. It's Stein. It is Stein. You're right. Okay. Yeah. 
Isaiah Hartenstein. We, if they do not end up re-signing him, if they don't bring in another big body, somebody, I think Kevin Kelly should be that guy. He is big. Um, he, he plays bigger than he is, at least. You know, he can offer at least, you know, a decent amount of rebounding. I don't, I'm not saying give the guy 20, 20 minutes a game, but I think that in, he could be an excellent small ball five. Um, it, excellent, it, huh? <laughs> as, for what you're going to give him. I mean, the okay. value the value that you're going to get out. What else? Who else are they? I'll take play? Reggie Perry over him any day of the week. Oh man, any day of the week. Why not? Just just sign. Hey him. man, he's a bruiser. Nobody boxes Reggie Perry out. That guy. <laughs> that guy is a. He's like a modern, like poor man's Reggie Evans. You think so? Nick, Nick or sorry, Zach probably is well aware of Reggie Evans. Like back in the day. Oh, nobody, dude. Nobody. No one. Nobody. Like he was like a poor man's like round mountain rebound. No, like he no, was, no, no, he's no poor he, man's anything. He was, he, no, no, no. He right? was no. probably the like in terms of seeing it live. He was probably the best screen setter live, like most violent screen setter I've ever seen. Well, live. there's a reason he's the, he's the best big man in big three I love that every guy. year since the league's inception. Just so you know, he's. He is the he's a double double machine. No one in Big Three plays physical like that. I, I see defense. that with Reggie Perry. Basketball, of course. I see it with Reggie Perry. Okay, I'll give you. Just that. saying. I'll well, you hey, this. hey, hey! Give me Taco over over Fee any day, bro. Get out this episode. Taco, <laughs> get out of that, bro. Episode. It is first off. It's Friday, I'm so about to no. Kick you out. <laughs> Hey, I'll take taco. No, I will take taco, taco. No, it's taco's it's only good on Tuesday. Minutes. Taco's Give only me. good on Tuesday. We don't play every for Tuesday. Eight minutes, so I will take taco. For eight now. minutes? No, 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 no. no. Well, no. Yeah, is not right. playing more than eight minutes. All right, Mac, you can boot him. You can boot him. I'll, I'll, I'll stand up. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> mute myself. You boot Dan. Well, I'll take him. I'm telling you. I, I will take. Realistically, just give me Biombo. Please. Biombo had 27 rebounds against the Cavs. He's actually a good shot blocker. And. And let me say this about Biombo that Kevin Gelly cannot do. Biombo shoots a three. Oh my goodness! And it hits the side. Kevin Gelly for three. You know there's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference yeah, right there. Kevin yeah. Gelly yeah. is Kevin Jelly from distance, baby. Just, if you're gonna stay, and that's why I say if they don't end up bringing somebody in, I think it, you really should at least give them the opportunity. Good last resort. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm out on, but we can move on. <laughs> can we though? Yeah, we can. We can. Well, with that being said, let's talk about Lamar Stevens. Lamar Stevens has a a hell of a way to go to, in my opinion, to to crack the rotation. But you know, we I think we talked about this a bit on your last episode, Zach. But is there a possibility that he could begin the season uh, this season within the rotation over Jetty or Dean or Love? Yeah, over love for sure. <laughs> the 30, there's except I have what thirty two million reasons why I, that can't happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to hear your take on that, Dan. Do you start the season with Stevens in the rotation? Um, it's hard for me to say. Uh, I, I think he's kind of ideally at the four um that's kind of the problem with it um i don't know about 
from the jump. That's who's he going to? Who would he replace? I guess that. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. It's it's more so like I think he squeaks in if there's still issues of love, and I'm just trying to think like if there's the Cavs. I guess reportedly don't want to start Mobley at this five at all. Um, so I'm just trying, but I'm just thinking like maybe with Mobley at the five and he's at the four and kind of like small ball spurts. Um, but I, I don't like, I like Lamar. I think he's like, his selling point is, I think he's really good. Like his rim pressure is legit. Like he, I mean, he converted on 70% at the rim last year. Um, that, that was impressive to me. I, I think he can, I, like, I'm fine with him playing 10 minutes on opening night. Um, but it's just hard. Like, I don't know exactly what the deal is with Windler. Is he going to um, factoring in the three minutes? But I, I like, I think the selling point for him is in non-Acoro minutes to kind of be like that guy that you just throw out there on the primary play or primary scores and like on the perimeter. But do I think he'll be on the opening night rotation? No, but I, I'd be okay with it in like the end of the first quarter stretch and the like end of the third stretch for like a couple spurts but I, I don't think he will be no okay I mean that, that's a fair take and you know Zach like he's a really good option to have as a situational defender like that that to me is like and then you, you don't have to worry about him like like there will be silly fouls at times of him like kind of on shooters but I'm okay with a guy like I want him to be to guys for guys to feel him and, like, to me, like, we've kind of touched on this, like, I don't remember exactly when it was, but to me, he's, like, a solo hill guy and that you just throw him out there for energy. And, I mean, he's far – I mean, at this point, his career is far more advanced offensively um, as a pull-up guy. But, um, I, like, I, I really like him defensively. You, you've touched on it often. But, like, not every player has to be, like, a three-point shooting threat. To me, with his – if in non-Acoro minutes, like, he is a really good rim pressure guy. Like, I- I'd like him to be in the rotation opening night. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Did you just mention Solomon Hill in there somehow? What? <laughs> yeah. what? what? You mean? Hey, man. Solomon Hill bother. He got into Ben Simmons in the playoffs, and I'm telling you, he's a, like, that guy matters in games. Like, in the playoffs, guys like him matter. And that's the, that's the comp I have for Lamar Stevens. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Really? I mean, I really? Like Seriously. Like, like, he's – if you watch Solo Hill play, he's a physical as hell defender and is versatile. He's I mean, he's not – like, Stevens is more fluid. He's a little bit stronger. But I think of him as that stronger. kind of – that <laughs> kind of, like, like, rotational spurt energy physical presence guy. Like, that's what I see. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure we're talking about – I mean, about let's Martin. be honest. Is Lamar Stevens going to – you can say whatever. You can make fun of Soul Hill all you want. That's fine. Is Lamar I'm Stevens going to be in the NBA as long as Soul Hill has been? I don't yeah. That's, yeah. I, I well, hey, oh, wait, wait, wait. All right. Here, we'll oh, start. my gosh. Hill started if we're, out – Okay. If we're debating – If we're debating if Lamar Stevens can be in the Cavs rotation now – Solo Hill was in the Pacers rotation when they were playing. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. I'm just saying. Like, no. I'm trying to be objective. It's because he was on a, a contending team when he was first drafted. 
that he was able to get into the rotation and kind of last because the teams that are winning make less changes if they can help it. The teams that are losing usually would have a little more turnover with the veteran guys not re-signing or even guys at the end of the rookie contract. Anyway, I watched Solomon well, he's Hill. Been, well, he's been on taking teams. With Solomon it. Hill's offensive – no, no. He signed an awful deal in New Orleans. He oh, was terrible, terrible there. Terrible. Okay, terrible. So stop, so that's why you got to stop hyping him up. I just, but, hey, Alan, I'm not hyping him up. I'm just like Alan, him up. Alan, Alan, Crabb got, Alan Crabb got paid too. Alan Crabb got paid because Brooklyn tricked Portland. So was that in the 2016? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Four years, 72, baby. <laughs> that was the Timothy Mozgov year. Oh yeah, yeah right. And the right, Dang right. year, who played what two games after ah, signing? Man, yeah. are we still paying him? I don't. I honestly don't remember. Do uh, anyway, no, I don't right. think so. Um, Lamar Stevens. Lamar Stevens us, is but... jacked. Uh, Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill's offensive contributions were so poor in the play. I'm just saying on Lamar Stevens. Oh no, in the play. Okay, but Lamar <laughs> Stevens. Okay, but Lamar in the playoffs. Are we? Are we going to see him in the? It, like, are we? Gonna, yes. Would, would we see Lamar? Yes. I think yes. we would just for defense. If Lamar not anything else, okay. I, I like his rim pressure, but in a playoff, he's a hell of a cutter. In a playoff setting, game-winning dunk against Eastern going, Conference runner-up in his rookie season. Dude, Solomon Hill looks, didn't do that. He Bang. looks to the, the screens that he sets, and then the cuts. I, 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 I'm with you. I, I'm, I love Stevens. I just think we got to be a little bit objective here. Hey, there, a you know little bit. Guys, there have been objections. <laughs> there have been three NBA Lamars. I can okay, name. Okay, then what's okay? What's Hold your count, what's your count for Lamar Stevens then? Wait, I'm still just talking about career, Lamar Stevens. What is his career outlook? I'm, I'm curious. Hey, I went on a I went on a limb and gave one. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's Lamar Odom, there's Lamar Patterson, there's Lamar Stevens. We can already put him ahead of Lamar Patterson because his NBA contributions were nil in Atlanta. Okay. Omar Stevens is a guy that'll play both ends sides of the ball. He's about six, 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 seven. He just makes smart plays. His jumper's coming along. He's confident with the ball in his hands. And it's not about making comps per se. He's still he's coming into his own. I think that Omar Stevens is a is a guy that can play three positions. I mean, once his shot comes along, you can actually stick him as an emergency two. He'll play his primary minutes, then at the three and the four. I think that because he's not that tall, but he can guard more positions. You can have a bigger lineup with him. I think at one point they had the uh, Maker, McGee, Drummond, just because everyone else was mm. hurt, I think. And I think Lamar was the two there. I, I like what You're he right. does. And, you know, I think that especially undrafted, we're seeing a lot of undrafted gems pretty much every year now. But Lamar Stevens is going to be remembered as one of them. I think that as soon as one guy goes down or gets hurt, I don't know who it, – it, it's basketball. It's sadly going to happen. No team makes it a whole yeah. season. And I'll just say this, okay? Omar Stevens will find his way in the rotation and keep it. And I'll also say this, much to be all of Dean Wade, there are some nights where Dean Wade is just a guy missing shots. And so, that being said, Dean Wade is very vulnerable to lose minutes because just like Omar, he's not guaranteed. They might want to get rid of him at the first uh, – uh, contract point of the season, so probably have yeah. it for part of it. Anyway, Mac. Alrighty, fellas. I figured we'd close out today's episode just by talking a little bit of long-term outlook for Mobley. Now, obviously, we know you know the the physical aspect of it. We know what he's listed at height-wise. We know what he's listed at weight-wise, and so we we know that that could possibly be a hindrance for him uh, to begin his NBA career against fives you know um 
especially bigger body ones, maybe even some fours. So I'll hand this one off to you first, Dan. Do they need to automatically start the season off starting Mobley at the four? No, I think he should honestly be starting off the bench. Um, I, I still think I, I'd rather them bring him along slowly, just given how the past three drafts, like with their rookies, they've just, I, I know Colin came off the bench, I think what his first 10 games and then G hell got created, but I, I just would like them to ease Mobley into things. They have so many fours at their disposal. Like I, I'd like to see him with, um, like him and Nance kind of come in um, together uh, and or just kind of bring him along with Jared Allen. But, I mean, I still think he should start out playing like half of games or, or really honestly more than that. It's not like he What's wouldn't, solid couldn't, couldn't for him. I think early on, like 25, 26, early, like in, then you can feature him in bench minutes more offensively. Um, and to me, like I, I'd like – them to bring Hart back and then play him with him Cause just because Hart is as you've hit on often is is a really good passer in his own right and I think with how like Mobley's I, I really like Hart's passing himself like he, he feeds cutters really well at times like he's a little bit overzealous but um I just think like we saw we've seen it in the summer league obviously the guys were not really knocking down shots but like his He's not a guy that when he's doubled, it's just like a pass out of doubles leading to assists or hockey assists. Like he throws guys open, both shooters and cutters. I mean, there was a play in the game tonight when he went down on the floor and, and almost threw like a lob to Cabin Gallup. Yeah. And those are plays that you just like bigs. He, he has like guard like vision and was a, actually a guard and I think was a guard in middle school. I think like Kevin O'Connor wrote about that, or maybe it was Mirren Fader or the ringer. Um, I don't remember which one, but I just think with him, like you, you got to feature him more. And I think early on, like the first like 15 games, play him off the bench. And then if you got to have a cart, I mean, they probably had hard conversations with K love already, but I'd rather start him off the bench initially and then kind of ease him in. And then from there, go ahead and, and lean into the Allen thing. But I, I prefer him to start initially off the bench. Zach. I prefer to bench. Yeah. I want to bench Dan Galinsky for a hot minute real quick. And, oh, uh, oh, good one. Nice. Nice. Good for you. <laughs> I want to start Evan Mobley because I think that, look, everyone's different. And I think that you have a lot of rookies that with nothing set, other than and, and Cade, I don't know that there's any top picks locked into starting roles to begin the year. I mean, Golden State's going to have a hard time. You don't think Jalen Green good. could start right away? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Other than other than Jalen Green and Cade, that's it. I don't, I don't know what situation in Toronto is. Jalen Suggs has some real tight competition. And so, you know, there's a lot of rookies that might be coming off the bench out of the gate. And I want to talk about the Pistons, but I'm going to save it for my closing statement because we're talking about Evan Mobley right now. Uh, I just start him because I think you want to get him the experience right away. You know, Okoro was an opening day starter. And so it's very different because you have a $32 million problem in front of him on the depth chart. And I think that that actually does matter. I don't know that the buyout is going to happen. That's really going to be what it is. I don't know if it's going to happen now. I feel like it's going to happen mid season just because that, yeah. And it stinks. That's just usually how this thing goes. I'd love to see, a situation and I usually am so against this and I have voiced 
my anti this on all episodes I've done over the years about playing guys that are healthy. This is a rare exception. I'd be okay with Kevin, you know, just agreeing to not play so that you can get Mobley and the other guys their minutes. But even if he's here, I want to say – I see him off the bench. You know, he started enough games. I mean, Mobley Allen is the way to go. And, you know, Moblin, Frobley, whatever you want to call it. I know Mac, Mac, uh, Mac and I know about Moblin. I want to keep him in the starting lineup because I want to get him comfortable with the guys he's going to play the most minutes with later and seeing that, you know, there's a lot to lose on this season. And at the same time, there's nothing to lose on this season because if they don't win that much, but they're a middling team, we'll see a little progress. You know, they'll find the coach that can lead them if, if that is the case. And they'll still pay Sexton. There's no way Sexton's not coming back next year. So it's That'll not like this is the make or break. So start Mobley. Why not? I, I'm in the same line of thought. I think you you really should start him, though. That brings in a whole another question about you know what is their actual best starting lineup to really get them to win games off the bat. But I agree with you. I think Mobley should start. Now, how well he's going to fare, I'm not really uh I'm not certain. I mean, yeah, he's got to bulk up, and I'm sure he will as time goes on. But his uh, his finesse, because that to me that's his game. He's finesse. He can post up, but he's more, much more finesse right now than anything. And until he puts on weight, I don't see that changing. We already see Allen, you know, somewhat get bodied. And, you know, he, he's not really nearly as undersized in regards to weight as Mobley is. But uh, I think you would be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't start this season out with Mobley in the starting unit. You don't have to play him starters minutes. You know, you can give him 26 minutes a game. I'd be cool with that. And yeah, I think it's – I'm not actually playing love starters minutes. I'm just starting him initially to kind of, like, get – To pride. get, like – like, it is weird. Like, when you watch games, a lot of the time, love does really well. Like, he'll generally – like, the first eight minutes or so of games, like, his first kind of, like, shift, so to speak – a lot of the time, like, he'll actually start out pretty well, and then it kind of fizzles out. Like, that's I kind agree. of what I'm – that's just kind of my yeah, thought. I mean, he's Mr. It's, invisible fourth quarter. It's like you put, uh, uh, you put a visible yeah, spray that's on him not in the there. fourth, and he's just not really there. That, that was his – Yeah, that was not there. Ron days, not there. You know, that he, he's yeah. always kind of been that way. He, 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 even in Minnesota. You know. Wasn't that the wasn't that the game against Portland when he had what did he have like thirty wasn't it like thirty four in like the first quarter? yeah yeah thirty three in the first quarter and then I think he had and then what did he have forty for the, the rest of the game okay it's it's ridiculous. I mean you're gonna be a little bit you're gonna be a little bit that's sad, also but... the second best scoring quarter uh, in the modern NBA after Clay's thirty seven so we'll still yep. give him credit for that and was that the incredible yeah, I, I give quarter, it to wasn't it Clay didn't miss a shot either but that's that's because no. he's Clay yeah yeah definitely. Uh, Alrighty, fellas. It was an excellent show. Thank both of you for stopping by. As always, guys, you can catch Zach on Across the Cavs. And if you've listened to the Cavs Central podcast by now, you've probably heard Dan's voice a million times. <laughs> yes, a one that can note. Be, that, that can, I apologize in advance for that. <laughs> one closing note. But I should say maybe not in advance, retroactively, <laughs> but... My, my closing note, I know it's the Cavs podcast. I just want to say, let's be very scared of the Pistons. Kate Cunningham, 24.7 bounds, seven threes. Sadiq Bay, 15 and 13, four assists, two blocks. And how about 
The 50-some-odd pick in the draft, Luca Garza, 10 points, 12 rebounds, 5 blocks. I'm going to get regular minutes. This is a team that has so many great young pieces. They lost the last, the last two years. They got a lot of flack for it. And I think, by the way, the Pistons right now are a team that – we talk about the Cavs and the uncertainty. They scare me. The Pistons are Better very scary. And I think Houston they – or the Pistons. Pistons. They're scary, Pistons. man. Pistons have a better court. And Pistons just, are scary. I will give that to you. I ain't scared of them. We got a Mobley, okay? I'm not scared of them as a Cavs fan. I'm scared of them as, as like, like a really good team in the first round that's worried about not taking care of business easily and getting forced to possibly seven, six or seven games in the next two years. When, I wrote about that. We can talk about that another time, and I'll show you. Yeah, Cade, Cade's going to bring – he's going to bring two chips to that. He's, he's in I'm the saying. I, I, I will <laughs> – they're, they're scary, man. I'm hyped to watch. I, I don't know. I'm that Houston. Houston scares me more than Houston still has John Wall. That's the scary. They still part. got Wall. They still got Wood. <laughs> they got Wall. They got Wood. They got Porter. They got Green. Wall's not a compliment though. I'm, hey, I like my, him, but he's not a compliment. He's my player. college classmate, Jay Sean Tate. Exactly. That was yes, the next sir. one I was gonna roll off my tongue. I love 20, 27 years old next season. I think it was a 26 year old rookie, and he was awesome. Hey, man, he's. He's heart and soul. Hey, you know, speaking of the Rockets, though, for real, <laughs> this is my closing thought. A guy that I would like to see back in Cleveland is David Nwap. Yeah, he mm. signed already, though. So yeah. yeah, he did. He did. <sighs> yeah, I know. I love David Nwaba. David Nwaba gets love wherever he goes, but the only problem is never that he's never on the floor. Last year, he was great, but uh, he either gets hurt or he doesn't even wear on his welcome. He just feels like he wants to try new restaurants in a new city. So he just goes somewhere he, else. He should be in the big three. He would I be think a, that he's oh he would be a ball. He'd be the best team. player. He's Sorry, man. Joe Johnson. He would knock up Joe guy. Johnson. That guy's a house. He's a house. He's that a hotel. No, he's a hotel. Nice. <laughs> Good one. Anyways, thanks for tuning in, guys.